and welcome to the Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jess. I'm Kat. And today we are going to finish up The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang. Yay! I'm really excited about it. I mean, we've waited how many weeks since the last episode? Okay, we had a lot going on. Like, let's be real. The school year ended for me and I got super, super sick. How do you, at the end of the school year, get sick? Like, it's the end. You literally had graduation in sight when you texted me and said, oh, no, I think I'm getting sick. Graduation was a Wednesday. I felt gross on Monday, and I was like, oh, it's allergies. And then Tuesday, I was like, oh, my God, I'm dying with a cold. So that's cool. That was cool. Um, Yeah, I honestly think it's because I spent the night in my classroom on the floor sleeping with my student council kids. Lock-ins just don't happen in my book. That's just never going to happen. Well, they're never going to happen again. So so there's that. So they'll be fine. It's It's fine. fine. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so between Kat having the end of school happening and then her getting sick, I had some mental health things that I wanted to take care of as well. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. we decided we we're going to step back and not do anything for a couple weeks, but we're back and I have a vague memory of where we left off. So go bullet points on a website I found. Oh, man. Shout out to this person who made this. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Kat remembers more than I do. We'll see. We'll see. No, I think I'll be okay. Okay. So when we left off, we're just going to hop into it. When we left off, it was Stella had just left. Michael's parents, Michael's mom's house. Right. After having that tantrum about microwaving plastic. Yes. I mean, I didn't think about that until I put something in the microwave and it was in plastic and I went, maybe I should put that on a paper plate But that's like why you buy the stuff that says it's BPA free because that's the stuff that leaches out of the plastic. It still scares me. That's why you don't buy like plasticware from the dollar store because that is not BPA free. There's a lot that I don't buy from the dollar store. There's some good stuff there, though. Stickers, wrapping paper. Medications, honestly. Really? Yeah. My parents both buy their preferred lotions (laughs) at the dollar store. They're very specific about it. We're bougie, so we have to go to Bath and Body Works. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Okay, we don't have to. To be fair, I also have things like Nivea. Like, I don't know, just like normal stuff. Fair. I used to use Jergens a lot. Or like St. Ives. Why are we having a lotion conversation? Plastics. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we got way. (laughs) Wow, that was a quick one. Okay. That didn't take us long at all. We were not far into it before we completely spiraled. So there's a tantrum. Yes. And she really, really freaks out and really kind of offends his whole family. She refuses to eat what he cooked, which is interesting, too, because he's the sole male in the household. And it is pretty common for men to cook, especially these days. But in a house full of like old school Asian women, it's kind of kind of weird. Kind of weird. That well, I mean, my dad is Asian, but he's not the same kind of Asian. But Asian families have really, really strong structural boundaries. And so my grandma was always the one who would do the cooking and the cleaning. As well as, like, the serving and, you know. The gender roles. Yeah, and that might also be because, you know, she's, well, she's now in her 80s, so she was raised in a very different era, and her husband was from China, so he would have very different expectations of a wife. That makes sense. Yeah. My mom cooked in our household simply because we didn't really trust anything dad ate. Oh, see, my mom's always cooked. Well, not always. But she does the majority of the cooking. I would say she does, mm, like, 85% of the cooking. Can I say my favorite thing about going to your house when it's dinner time? (laughs) 
There is always, 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 always a pot of white rice. Yeah, and it's not in a rice cooker. It's on the stove in the water. (laughs) It is my favorite thing in the entire world. It does not matter what you guys are eating. I walk over there and there's a pot of fresh, really fluffy white rice. Yeah, it's very rare that we don't have rice. And if we're not making it, it's probably because we have some in the fridge. It's the best, and I love yeah. it. <laughs> so cute. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's just a different... It's a cultural thing. It is. So, after she has her panic attack, her freak out, and yes. she leaves, Michael goes and stays with her at her house. Right. And we start up chapter 15 with her waking up and panicking. She didn't do her nighttime routine. And right. she says her mouth feels like it's growing an ecosystem and fair... I took a. I mean, we've all been there. (laughs) I took a pretty gross, solid two-hour nap after work yesterday, and woke up in the middle. Like it was nighttime by the time I woke back up. (laughs) Like that was the time I woke up at like eight o'clock. It was almost eight. Yeah. And when I woke up, my mouth was one hundred percent growing an ecosystem. So I feel that on a very deep level, (laughs) which is such like a weird feeling because then you're like, "Good God, what did I eat today?" Well, then you start to question like. Do I brush my teeth right now or do I go get dinner and then brush my teeth after? Oh, see, I mouthwash. So if I'm feeling kind of icky, I just, I gotta do the mouthwash because that'll just get everything. But it's not the same as sick mouth. No, sick mouth is 100% different because that's sick gross. Sick mouth is where you like essentially covered your inside of your mouth with like glue Ugh. and then breathed open mouth <laughs> for the entire night because you couldn't not do it. Open mouth breathing is the worst. So at this point, we kind of see a little bit deeper into Michael and Stella's relationship. Michael stayed the night with Stella in Stella's environment for once. Right. And you had said earlier it was kind of like the pretty woman situation. Yes. You want to explain that? So, in that classic movie about a prostitute, <laughs> you know, pretty woman, um, the man in the situation, the client, Mm-hmm. Is, you know, the one that kind of sweeps this lady of the night off her feet and, like, treats her really well. And they stay in a really nice place and provides her with all kinds of things, right? Yeah. This is kind of the flip of it because he is an escort is what he's termed it or what the book has termed it. But he's being swept up by someone who makes a lot more money than he does, who is arguably smarter or more qualified in a specific way than he is and is willing to provide him with like not only the place to stay but all of this money and like he has to tell her like don't buy me a car and she's like well why not yeah yeah she doesn't fully understand it but i think a lot of that is is that she makes so much money and doesn't really spend it on herself right i mean the only things that we really see her spending money on is her dry cleaning and her tailored clothes and her tailored clothes yeah Man, I would love to go and have a tailor do that to my clothes, where they hide all the seams. Oh, do the know, French seams? Yeah, do you know how itchy seams are? I hate them. <laughs> I only feel like really specific seams for me, like a shoulder seam that goes across can sometimes be really bad, or like if the tag is sewn in weird on the side, yeah. because in women's clothes, all of the tags need to be apparently where you can feel them. I don't understand. Why are they always on your hip? It's always, like, on the inside yeah, on your hip area. That- and I, like, own some sheer stuff. Why do you put a tag where someone can clearly see it? I don't get that. I cut it out because I don't oh, put up with that gosh. bullshit. As if I wear sheer clothing frequently. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. 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 
But we see kind of this dynamic between the two of them where he is the lower class and she is the higher class in regards to their money standpoint. Right. And it, we still, Michael still doesn't know what's going on with Stella. Still, he still doesn't have a clue. He knows she's different. Which is, this is the weirdest part to me because maybe it's because I've been kind of trained to look for differences in people like that. Um, based on like how I'm supposed to help them within the school setting. Mm -hmm. Not that I just like point at people and be like, that person, that's really weird. Um, oh god to like pick it out out of nowhere to just like scan your head and be like that person that oh. oh that'd be so terrible that's weird and you'd probably be like really wrong but a lot of the things that are her idiosyncrasies are very clearly what would label her and for him who has you know he has a cousin Kai who is autistic for him to miss all of the similarities between the two is like wait what's going on but I'm, I'm going to assure that to him like he's blinded by the booty Blind. I mean, how often are men blinded by the booty? A lot, I guess. I don't know, but I mean, I've never <coughs> been blinded by the booty. I've definitely been blinded by the titties. That's different. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'm going to attribute it to that, like that he's so interested in her as this unique person that it doesn't matter, which is fine because it shouldn't matter. It if you matter. like someone for their personality, it shouldn't matter that they have a schedule they have to stick to. And you shouldn't set out to disrupt that schedule. Yeah. And no. he's not. But he has. Kind of. But he doesn't realize he does. he's doing it because he doesn't understand the schedule yet. Right. He just thinks she's quirky. It isn't until Quan tells right. him that he finally realizes, oh, she is like Kai. But he has to, like, say it really, like, an in-your-face way where he's just like, did you notice anything about her when we were in that club? That was she ran away. I think that was Quan though saying, "Hey, you're being an idiot. Open your eyes. Take a look. It's not that hard." I also want to point out that I don't feel like this is a red flag situation. Like we talk about red flags a lot when we've done our previous podcast. Yes. Um, but I wouldn't say that any of the things that Stella does or says or has to change would necessarily be a red flag unless you were someone that was dead set against being with anyone that has any kind of neurodivergent quality which is a very difficult thing to find yeah i haven't seen very many red flags in this one no which is really really nice because usually we're like oh man that guy is awful red flag yeah we're like no that's violent and that's abusive and whatever but not for this for the most part the red flags that i've seen have been her coworker philip He's, he's weirdly manipulative and creepy. He is just one giant red flag. Yeah, I don't like him. I don't like him either. He's kind of the um where he, he thinks he's a smooth talker. But he's really gross. Yeah. I really don't like him. He comes up again, which is frustrating and just in the very first part where we meet him and he's like, look at this box of condoms. And you're like, oh, dude. It's like the Costco sized box of condoms. Like, congratulations. You're having like, sex. What? It's meaningless. Like, why do you have to be that person? Ugh, why are you the way you are? So after Quan tells her or tells Michael what's going on, um, we jump to a situation where Stella and Michael are at Michael's apartment. Yes. And Stella finds some of his bills. Yes. And we find out that he is escorting in order to pay for his mother's cancer treatments. Yes. 
fuck the American health insurance. Just fuck it all. Yeah, I don't think that, first of all, what Stella did is kind of nosy. Nosy. But at the same time, who hasn't gone through someone's medicine cabinet or opened a drawer or a door without like being like, hey, can I look in here? Because that's just like a kind of normal thing. I 100% expect you and Bethany <laughs> to come into my apartment and just open shit. But that's because I think we all know that that's something that's going to happen. <laughs> See, but there's, okay, so I totally agree. Because there's a line. I have in the past had roommates that have gone through my stuff and read my diary. That's not okay. And then used what I said in it against me. And I'm just like, why do you need to cross that line? Like, whatever. Go through my clothes and borrow shit. But why do you need... It was a male, by the way, which is weird. Do I know this person? No. It's not the most recent awful person. (laughs) Thank God. I was going to say one more reason to tick off why I can't stand him. No. But yeah, I I just don't understand that. Like, yeah, go through my medicine cabinet. See that I have, like, old pain pills from, like, 2016 <laughs> when I had a car accident. Like, whatever. But, like... I have gone through your shower. I have showered in your shower, to be well, honest, yeah. to be fair. But then I come out and I start talking about your products in your shower because I'm like, wait, where I'm did like, you did get you that? did you use them, though? <laughs> I'm like, yes, where did you get it? Those yeah, kinds of things. because that's, like, normal. It's a, <laughs> it's a friendship thing because I wouldn't go into your home and look at your bills and think, okay, Kat has all these bills to ha- she has to pay. And I don't expect right. you to come into mine and be like, oh, that's a bill. What and is just doing? Like, if it's your family, it's different too. Like if my mom gets mail and she's like, oh, what does it say? Then of course I can open it. But if I get mail and my parents are like going to open it, that's like a weird line to cross. You're all, whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, that's my debt to be embarrassed about. Like, don't touch it. (laughs) I am your adult child. Leave my debt alone. So, they're just lines to cross. So, like, yeah, go through my shit. Whatever. You've probably seen most of the embarrassing stuff anyways. But don't read my diary. I couldn't fathom opening up someone's notebook of any kind in their I think it's kind of weird. It's crossing a line. Yeah. A big line. Yeah. Because those are like your most private thoughts that you want to keep. Yep. But anyways. I don't write my private thoughts down for a reason. (laughs) So no one can read them. So no one can read them. So, okay. So we find out that Michael is single-handedly having to pay these medical bills. 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 (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where that's from today. Maybe some more Ohio shit. Um, But we also have to keep in mind that he's making a lot of money as an escort specifically as an escort for stella because their deal was like fifty thousand dollars yeah and like chemo treatments and because we find out later that his mom is non-responsive to chemo experimental treatments Mm -hmm. are difficult to get on the list for are super expensive and come with a lot of like legal jargon that's like well you can't sue them if you die or if you're whatever there's so many caveats to it And I remember my aunt. So unfortunately for me, everyone in my family whom I have loved deeply has died from cancer. Um, I lost my dad to cancer. I lost two of my aunts to cancer on my dad's side. I lost my mom's sister, my aunt, to cancer. I lost my papa to cancer. It's, It's just cancer. And... 
I remember when my aunt, my mom's sister, was going through treatments uh, for her cancer. That was when stem cell research had just come out. Oh, it's really, really controversial. Super, super, super controversial. And I remember people talking about all the controversy surrounding it. And my aunt went through two stem cell transplants, one of which was her own stem cells. The other was they used my mom's stem cells because my mom was a match. Obviously, they were sisters. Um, So I remember that. I remember going through that. And I can't imagine going through that again. And right. having something that's controversial or experimental, it's expensive. Yeah. No one knows if it's going to work. There have been great strides since, I mean, this was 2008. Right. It was, no, it was prior to 2008. It was prior to my daughter being born. And she passed in 2008, right before my daughter turned two. So it was a good solid, like, four years, four, four and a half years of, of fighting and going through all these treatments so it's i can see how difficult it is and obviously those bills stack up they get insane well and it's not just the treatment itself it's the hospital stay it's any emergency services you might need it's the additional lab work and blood work and pain medication for management there's so and it's just this huge long list of things that you need and it's just so much for someone who doesn't have insurance or can't get good enough insurance Mm -hmm. and then if you if they've decided that you're like predisposed to it for like whatever your job is they can be like "Mm, too bad which is another weird thing that we have the american healthcare system yep fuck it hard it's so stupid we had to fight for my dad's treatments and his treatments were pretty common they weren't awful cancer treatments but we had to fight for those it's hard and i can understand why michael would want to keep that from stella especially because stella's technically his client especially also because it brings up that moral question of you know would you steal to feed your family would you sell yourself in a very intimate and personal way to possibly save your mother is that something that you could do and is that something where if you say no, does that make you a bad person? But if you say yes, does it make you a bad person? Ugh, moral dilemmas. I don't like them. Because not everyone can live the lottery or live, win the lottery, whatever. Nobody can. Yeah, that's. I can see where that's coming from. Do you think, though, because towards the end of the book, we find out that Stella has done something. Um, this in This something is that a mysterious donor has paid for all of Michael's mom's cancer treatments in full. And not just his, but other patients as well. But other patients as well. Because they're like, you better get in on this because it's real. You know, other people have already signed the paperwork and it's gone through. Do you think that crossed a line? No. And is it because she paid for more than? Yes. Okay. If you had said, I'm only funding this one person, I feel like if... You're picking one person's life over other people's lives. And that's really hard, too, because that's why things like transplant lists exist. And that's why people move on that list. You know, if she had been married to Michael or part of his family for a long time and donated money specifically for his family, that's one thing. But because they were at that point, like, not talking and no longer together and, like, trying to stay separate, it would have been really a weird line to cross to be like hey i know you don't ever want to see me again but (laughs) here's millions of dollars 
Can you imagine? How many years has she saved her entire salary for? I mean, well, she works nonstop. But she would be salary, not hourly. Still. How much is she getting paid, first off? I feel like science and analytical stuff for, like, a company that talks about in here would probably be pretty up there. Well, she dropped 50 grand without even blinking. And was ready to buy a Lamborghini, so. Oh, God. I want everyone to know. For just a brief moment, that there is a grasshopper in my home. Is there? It's on the chair that's over by the door right now. Oh. And I was changing the trash bag, and I felt something on the back of my head, and I <laughs> thought it was just my hair, and I flicked it, and before I knew it, there was a grasshopper trying to touch my face. Do I need to get it? No. I just want you to know it's there so that if okay. it does touch you in the face. Then I don't scream. <laughs> you don't scream. Oh, okay. It's just the grasshopper. That's good to know. I'm going to name him Jiminy Cricket, even though he's not a cricket. Sure. It's your house. Your rules. It's my rules. I'll do what I want. <laughs> so, going back to them not being together. Yes. They're at a dinner party. And it's awkward. It's so awkward. For so many reasons. Oh. She didn't need the blind date that her mom tried to get her. Nope. Which was great. Except that all of a sudden, Philip James has arrived. Oh, he kisses her. Oh, God. That was the worst. I'm sorry. Okay, so that's a separate event, first of all. Yes, that's, that's a separate, a separate event. event. And it happened before the dinner party. Yes. And we do need to talk about this because we both have talked about how we very much prefer when a book has different forms of consent. Mm-hmm. And he, like, forced her into this kiss against the car. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, not down. She was not enjoying it. She had told him no. And he had been like, but we're so much alike and blah, blah, blah. And you understand me. And it was, like, what, Like, gross. And him. then he didn't just go for a kiss, but he did the tongue. And that's yet another line to talk about. Because when you kiss someone and you're not sure if they want you to, closed mouth is proper etiquette. When you kiss someone and automatically stick your tongue down their throat, you're going to get punched in the balls. Closed mouth is proper etiquette, period, end of story. For like a first kiss thing? Yes. There are ways to make it move from a closed mouth kiss into (laughs) the disgusting tongues and mouths kissing without having to separate and ask, hey, can I shove my tongue down your throat? But, but, start it off closed mouth. Don't come at me with your mouth open. <laughs> You're gonna get punched in the dick or wherever, depending on who I'm seeing at that time. So the other thing about this, though, because this is unfortunately a thing that's happened to me, is that you don't really know what to do with yourself. So when she's talking about, like, she feels, like, icky, but she doesn't know what to do, I completely 100% understand. <laughs> because... Like, it happens, and then you're like, what? What is this? Like, don't do this. Why is this happening to me? I There is a line, and it's a very fine line, in regards to consent. But as far as I'm concerned, if you're going to stick your face in someone else's face, you better have a very clear, defined yes. Right. And she had already been, like, no, not interested, and he didn't really care yeah and she he took advantage of her of her situation i don't want to say awkwardness but like her insecurity in telling people no yes very much so that is a line that was 
drawn in the sand at the very beginning of the book when we first meet him. Yes. And we have that discussion where he's telling her, you're never going to get anybody if you don't First of all, if someone tells me that, I'm not ever going to consider you to be, like, a prospective mate. Like... You can go I fuck off as far as I'm concerned. Like, don't tell me that I'm subhuman and sad oh. <laughs> and I'll be alone forever and Let then me. expect me to want to be around you. Let me be alone forever. Just It's better than being with you. That's, exactly. <laughs> that's the thing. I would rather have 19 cats in my house smell like cat urine all the time <laughs> than be anywhere near someone like Philip James. Like, go fuck off. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah, Ugh. I don't fondly remember my version in my personal life of this story and i don't wish to relive it ever it's just not a good time i don't know that i've ever had a situation where consent wasn't explicitly given ever that's very fortunate you're probably one of the few people because statistics for women right now um have moved from like one in Five to like one in three or one in four. That is insane. That will have experienced like sexual assault. That is awful. Yeah. If you think about the small group of friends that we have mm-hmm. and consider that most of us out of the like four or five of us mm-hmm. have experienced some form of like non-consent or sexual assault. Now that I think about the group. It's scary. I've heard your guys' stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is scary. That is terrifying to think that I am the one. And while I'm thinking of, like, this was, like, one of those in a bar, the guys being kind of, like, pushy or whatever. Yeah. And it was just the tongue in the mouth thing. That's still gross. It's still something that you didn't consent to. And it's something that, unfortunately, you have to... You don't have to. I don't want to say... I don't ever want to put it that way. Um... When you're young, when you're 21, <laughs> and you're out with your friends, and it's the majority of their heel, a lot of the time, you don't get the luxury of, like, freaking out. Had I punched that guy in the face or made a big scene, I mean, the likelihood of anything being done about it would be very, very small. Yeah. And so it's more of a, oh, yeah, he kissed me, and kind of thing. But in reality, I think what I said to my friends was, we need to leave so I don't vomit. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's what I said because I was not happy. I I mean, I didn't scream it across the bar or anything, but it definitely made me realize that um, as a single woman who often appears, I I don't know what people see in me that makes me look like I'm kind of like helpless. Or something. I don't like know they treat because me like a child. As far as I'm concerned, you're the last person I would ever consider to be helpless. It's really weird though. But specifically, men often treat me is as it though because, I need to be babied. Is it because you're short and look young? I that might be it, but <laughs> it's just one of those things where you're just like, you know, I'm fully capable of like dealing. You can take care of your shit. Yeah, but other people don't see it that way. And so the best way to go out from then on was always with boys. Um, Not like romantically, but just if you go out with a group of women, you're more likely to be targeted as like an easy group. Put in a position whatever. scary. Especially with some of the girls that I was friends with at the time because they were not uh, very self-aware when they would drink and that made it even more difficult. 
So from then on, we had rules of we would meet the boys at the bar or the boys would be with us at the bar. And that made it a lot better, but also really inhibits meeting new people because then everyone assumes you're there with a dude, which is, I mean, was fine for when I was 21 because I didn't care. I just wanted to go dance. I don't like clubs. I don't like bars. They're smelly and sticky and crowded. They're fluids. And you don't know what kind of fluids they are. It's a no thank you. Which is surprising to me that Stella even wanted to go to one. And was okay with going. I think because she was looking for like the full on dating experience. Okay, we went on like a way long segue. It's fine. It's fine though. It's fine. It's valid. But it makes sense. Anyways, so Philip James kisses Stella. It's awful. She's very upset. Mm-hmm. But doesn't know how to express it because she knows that Michael is very protective of her. And so well, she kind of refuses. They end up on a lunch to date deal. together. Yeah. And she's like weird about it. Well, yeah. And he tries to kiss her again. And she's like, no, thank you. Right. But surprise, surprise. Michael and Quan are there. They get to save her. They're everywhere. Well, they're amazing. So why wouldn't they? <laughs> so and then Michael, um, if I remember correctly, makes sure she gets home. Which she doesn't want. She wants him to go because she's trying to get over him. Right. And I think that's when feelings starts to happen. Yeah, where they're kind of figure out that they're not really tricking each other. Yep. And then they're kind of back together. It gets very muddled for a little bit towards the end. But I think a lot of that, too, though, is that Michael gets a little creepy. Like overproductive or? I think it's, it's that he doesn't know how to communicate his feelings. So instead of communicating his feelings and being someone who just flat out lays it out for Stella, he sends her flowers and he calls her all the time and he wants her to know. For you and I, who are of sound mind and we know what's going on in our lives and we understand relationships, we would get those things and we would either do one of two things. (laughs) Oh my God, he's trying so hard. Maybe I should call him back. Or he can fuck off. I think that really depends on the relationship and how it is. Like, of course I want you to call me, and of course I want you to, like, put some effort in. Yeah. But that was probably not the best form of communication for this specific situation in the book. Like, I don't feel like I personally want elaborate bouquets and stuffed animals sent to me and stuff, but I would prefer to just have like a mutual respect for each other in a conversation yeah. that is more open. But that's also something that Stella's not good at. No. She's not good at explaining what her feelings are mm-hmm. because she's very much not in touch with her feelings. Yeah. Don't send me flowers. I'll throw them away. <laughs> They're going to die. There's no point. They make me sneeze. I just don't want them. So what should someone send you? food 100 percent. oh my god that's exactly what linda used to say <laughs> she said it in a college class we had together <laughs> and i'm saying it on the podcast yeah and our um, professor goes well who are you who's courting you in this situation she goes i don't know a banker <laughs> <laughs> oh god that was before we lived together gosh she was fucking funny i have food sent to me by friends so like my friend Brittany yeah. has sent me food. I was feeling really down. Another reason why the podcast has taken so long is that, unfortunately, the anniversary of my father's passing happened in May. 
It's just been like and a was, couple of really difficult weeks in a row. Yeah. And then schedules just not working out. Yeah. Well, when I was dealing with the whole, you know, realizing it's been eight years since my dad's been gone and, you know, what have you done in the eight years? Uh, Brittany sent me ice cream. That's cute. There are two pints of Ben and Jerry's ice cream in my freezer because I have been like hoarding them like five bites. That's all you can have. Put it away now. Why? It's because so I'm lactose intolerant and Ben and Jerry's hates my body. Oh, you need to get the like Froyo version. It's I know. really good. But the she, almond milk version. She's no. She sent me uh, peanut butter ones because I'm in love with peanut butter it's the best thing ever but yeah if someone's courting me don't send me flowers sure I don't want them send me food you can send me ice cream keeping in mind i'm lactose intolerant tacos <laughs> tacos <coughs> would 100 percent give you the consent to tongue kiss <laughs> as far as i'm concerned it's a very weird trade-off it is a very weird trade-off but i'm happy because i'm full of tacos so we go into Stella being kind of okay with Michael sending the flowers. Yep. They get back together. Yep. And that is when Michael finds out that Stella paid for his mom's cancer treatment. Yes. I would have been okay with it knowing now now knowing that she paid for everybody in the program and not just his mom. Yeah, and it was okay like I don't know. It was a nice surprise, but one that you were like, oh, yep, saw that coming kind of a thing, which isn't necessarily bad in these kinds of books. No, especially because it's a romance and you know it's going to end happily. Okay, so I feel the final plot twist that we need to discuss, even though it's maybe not in chronological order, Mm -hmm. is that Philip James's mother Mm -hmm. is the floozy from the bar that is like cigarette smoking... Whiskey drinking, nasty, gross, older woman who's obsessed with Michael. Mm-hmm. So much obsessed that she bought him the car that he was driving, which was a huge sticking point in their relationship. Yep. Or lack of relationship or whatever. Um, but she shows up to that dinner party because she's a rich older lady. Yep. And she's at this benefit thing. Cool. But then she like is so gross. For the entirety of the evening, she essentially announces, like, hey, your daughter's dating a, an escort. Yep. And then her parents freak out. Why can't you find someone nice? You should have just gone on Tinder, whatever. Can I just point out, you should have just gone on Tinder is worse than hiring an escort. Because, like, at least with an escort, you know what you're getting. Yeah, because you're paying them for a specific thing. Whereas with Tinder, it's a crapshoot. Just, I'm not a Tinder person. I've never tried it. I've never wanted to. It's such a huge turnoff to me that I'm just like, it makes me feel icky. I got on Tinder for a hot second because it was right when Tinder was like, hey guys, now you can put more than just I'm male and female and cisgendered and all that fun shit. And I was like, oh my God, does that mean I can put my own sexuality like on there? I can put my orientation no. Of course not. Pansexual was not an option, which no, was still very because, frustrating. Because it's other. Whatever. But whatever. Whatever. I got in there for a hot second, and I got swiped on a couple times, and then I was like, no, fuck this. And then I deleted it. I'm just not that person. I think it would make me really anxious. It's nerve-wracking. Well, not only that, but, like, we talked about this before. Online profiles, you're making yourself look the best you think you can look. 
And in some way, that's probably going to be a lie at some point. Oh, yeah. 100%. So we get to the end. They've done their thing, made up, realized I'd rather be with you. Sure. Michael makes a statement to Stella to prepare her for what could happen because surprises are scary. 100% I don't like surprises either. And the statement is what? Do you remember? I don't remember. What is it? I'm going to propose to you in a couple months just so you know. Okay. I would be okay with that announcement in like my personal life if someone was like, I'm going to. It very much reminds me of The Office. Everything that you say goes back to The Office. It does. God, I just love The Office. <laughs> um, but I think that that's not a bad thing, especially now that he's more understanding of her as a person and he understands that she does need to be warned and like he needs to prepare her for things like his giant crazy family. Yeah. Like that's kind of important. Please warn me about your giant crazy family. If I'm going, if we're dating and I'm going to your house, <laughs> I need you to tell me about your giant crazy family. Or maybe not even like how crazy your whole family is. Like if it's a big family, because like I've been around big family. That's fine. But like maybe things to avoid or like things that I absolutely need to know. Give me topics I'm not allowed to talk about. That's, I just, don't take me to your giant family and expect me to be able to be okay. <laughs> I'm probably going to be terrified. It's just a thing that happens in my life. Meeting new people is scary. I don't enjoy it. But also, like, if you're going to do the whole get married thing. Yes, I think you should talk about it. But do I want you to tell me that you're going to propose? I mean, honestly, I'll take it either way. I'm, like, intensely, hopelessly romantic. You are. It's really gross. So, as a surprise, sure. I don't care. Do it in skywriting. Do it on the big screen. I don't care. You or, would be okay with that? Girl, I don't care. <laughs> I just like romantic shit. Um, or tell me ahead of time, you know? That's fine, too. I have this sinking suspicion that my next marriage, if it ever happens, I'm not saying it will because I'm still so single, but I have this sinking suspicion it's going to be very similar to my mom's engagement to my dad. <laughs> my dad took my mom to the mall. They stopped into the store. They were looking around. My mom found one she liked, and my dad goes, so do you want to? That was the proposal. That was it. I don't need the big grand gesture. Like, I totally understand that. That's a little bit out of, like, most people's priorities. Totally fine. I want to have a moment where we sit down and we chat. And we're like, is this something that you see in our future? Right. Don't just come to me at Christmas time with a ring and propose. I will probably kick you over. Oh, I love proposals, though. Unless they're really weird proposals. Send me on a scavenger hunt. That might be fun. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> Let me solve some puzzles. But don't... Ugh. Doing it in front of all your friends and family at the holidays. Vomit. Stop that shit. I hate it so much. I hate it so much. I can't stand it. <laughs> I really hate it. So what we're learning is if you're going to date Jessica, be very careful in how you propose. Mm -hmm. If you are going to date myself, yes, 
discussion is welcome. But you can Surprises also... Surprises are still okay. You can also ride it in the sky and just point Kat's head in that general direction <laughs> and hope she sees it. It's just one of those things where it's like, it's so sweet and it's so cute, but you can do small things that are thoughtful and they're just as effective. Okay. Fair. So now we've read the book. We've finished the book. Yes. And to be fair, we were finished a while ago, but didn't have opportunities to record. Life is hard. Yeah. Having read it, having discussed it. Yes. One out of five. How many stars do you give it? This is always like the hardest part because I always feel like I can't decide on a number. I'm going to go four stars. Okay. Out of five stars. I think it was very well written. Mm Mm-hmm. It wasn't, like, a weird adventure of trying to fix each other. It was more thankfully learning to accept one another and understand that flaws aren't just flaws, okay. that there are strengths mm-hmm. within someone as well. And I think that was really nice. Um, yeah, I don't know. A lot of this was a little bit difficult for me to read because it really hit me in the feels in parts of it okay there were parts where i was like oh my god i'm gonna cry i'm pretty certain i got a couple text messages from you that went that (laughs) book made me cry yeah welcome to my world mostly because i felt like i could really connect with stella Mm -hmm. not because i don't have asperger's i i'm not on the spectrum as far as i know other people may think i am but that's a different i have that fear all the time um dude sometimes i have this secret fear that like I'm actually mentally disabled. And no one's and told no you. And no one's told me, but everyone is like treating me nice because I am. It's like this really twisted fear. Um, That's not that twisted because I have kind of the same fear. But they let me be in charge of children. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. You're fine. Like, oh, okay. Anyways, <laughs> it's just like a weird thing that comes up in my head sometimes. Um, I felt like I really connected with Stella and I think that was really kind of difficult to read. Not so much the way she processes things, okay, um, but the way she connects with other people mm-hmm. on her emotional level, because I am, like her, one that doesn't work through a lot of emotions in a very normal way all the time. I, I mean, I have, like, a baseline emotion, and it's usually pretty happy. And Normally. then anything else that kind of spikes up and down through there, I'm like, oh my god, it's a panic. My favorite and thing to get from Cat. Is a text message where she's feeling an emotion <laughs> that is not an emotion she normally feels. And the question I get is, am I crazy? I'm being crazy right now, right? Yeah. And I'm going, no. Because I'm overthinking whatever's happening, plus I'm overthinking how I feel about it. Exactly. And I think that's a very Stella-esque quality. Yeah. Between that and the like cell membrane thing that we had talked about before, Yep. I feel that I am very much like her in the emotions department. Yep. Not so much with, like, the obsession with work or, like, the weird need to hire an escort to show me how to do things. We but, would never um, do that, ever. God, I can't ever. imagine doing that. So, when I first read this, I initially gave it a five star. Okay. Because I loved it. Yes. And, and that I- was part of the reason you were super excited to do this one. Exactly. But now having talked about it and having the moment to kind of express where we stand on these things. I think that I have given it the opportunity to be its five star, but I think now we need to demote it down to a 4.75. I know that sounds dumb, but 
But hey, you're allowed to do. I am allowed to do what I want to do when it comes to the books I read. I enjoyed it when I first read it. There was a lot about the consent that I really enjoyed. But now that we've gone through it again. Right. I've had the opportunity to see a couple other things that I'm like, eh, I don't really like that. Didn't enjoy that portion of it. I would take this out or I would do this. Not saying that I would write a book. Writing is hard. We understand that it's hard. Trust us. It's so hard. It's difficult. Yeah. We get it. So that is the kiss quotient. Uh, we enjoyed it. Yep. I was surprised by your rating. I thought it was going to be a little bit different based on what you said the last time. Higher or lower? I thought it was going to be lower. Okay. But oh, because I didn't like the dragon tattoo? <laughs> yes, because the uh, Ed Hardy dragon tattoo was too much to handle. It's just, it was just weird for me. But that might just be for me as someone who has experienced within my family a culture where we don't worship dragons, but we understand the Buddha thing. We have a thing with sea turtles. I, I don't know. Hey, the, the Jimmy Cricket dude moved. Anyways, so we have big things coming up, and part of that is that it's Pride Month. It's Pride! I'm so excited. It's Pride. As a queer woman, I get to live my truth for an entire month and be loud and disgusting about it, and I'm so (laughs) excited. Um, So because it is Pride, we are going to read two books that follow queer characters and i am so stoked yes um we have decided that the next one that we're going to read is red white and royal blue by casey mcquiston is that how it's said McQuiston? i don't know i i am so sorry to any on the off chance that any author listens to us we are so so sorry for pronouncing your names wrong or your character's names wrong we are doing our best we're sorry. We are doing our best. In advance. Very sorry. <laughs> um, but yes, we are going to read Queer Romance for the month of June, and I am so excited because it's Queer Romance. I do have a bone to pick, though. Uh-oh. And the bone to pick is, where the fuck are the female-female romances? Where are my lesbian romances? I don't want lesbian fiction. That's not what I'm looking for. I want straight up two ladies loving on each other. We got it with the Alyssa Cole book. Right. Which was great. Yes. But can I have more of that and longer? Because I struggled hard to get a list together. And if you look at the list, there are only two female-female romances. One of them is YA. Yeah, I don't have an answer for you. As a non-queer woman, I... I'm sorry to say I haven't put a ton of thought into queer romance novels. No, you have not. That's why I made Um, the list. Yeah. So I apologize on behalf of myself. (laughs) Um, But we're going to jump right into this for this month. We're super excited. We have a lot of other things coming up as well. Yes. Uh, We're going to get that blog right. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. Well, I'm not sorry because it's not my fault. I'm ready. It's everyone else. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. We're guys. doing our best. So, yeah, we've got some exciting things coming up. We are going to get the blog up and running. Hopefully, the next, like, maybe week or so. I hope so. That We're trying good. right now to get Bethany back in. Because her-, her class are over, which she passed. Good job. We're really proud of you, Beth. She's been sick, though, which we understand. So, We'll try to get her back in here. We'll get that blog up and running. But until then, thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. 
Our handles are in the show notes. You can always find us there. Our email is also there. So if you have questions, comments, concerns, keep your concerns to yourselves, but your questions and comments are welcome. Unless they're like really like specific and helpful concerns. Unless, yeah. Constructive like, criticism is always Like there's not a whole lot welcome. that I can do about the blog. There's not. We're, we're doing our best. I understand why you're concerned. We're doing our best. But we want to say thank you again. So thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. Yep. Bye. Bye. Bye.